I did play at least a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> WHD's after further review. I know it's been a while, and we're back here on the podcast basically for you. It's been a couple of weeks, actually, it's been a couple of months since we've had David the Man of God Harris here on 88.3 WHT's after further review make sure you always check us out on soundcloud and on itunes yes since it's been a while we haven't been able to upload a lot of shows or actually segments but as we're starting to get back to normal and sports are starting to ramp up and return we're getting kind of lucky and uh, once again david the man of god here is calling us from new york one of the i guess states that got hit hard early in the epidemic not really we're in his area more in new york city but syracuse but still a state that's gotten hit hard and now that we're kind of in the later rounds of i guess the first wave here in the summer of 2020 um their kind their numbers are kind of going down and ohio's are going up but david what's up man not much i'm kind of like lebron james you know don't do anything for three quarters defensively the fourth quarter lockdown show off here i am <laughs> oh david 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 with the with the with the hilarity there man always kind of missed that with you david but uh like i said once again welcome back to the show because you know we have have missed you a little bit and like i said me and frank i think did something a couple months ago it was the the, the think of something about may or something like that so it's been a while since you've been on yeah, kind of dealing with this pandemic up here, like you said, in New York, as everything's been changing and as we're adjusting, kind of the workload has been here and there. So each weekend I'm adjusting, planning, and so just having kind of been more focused on work. But now that kind of things have started to open up, schedule's a little bit more lax. I can kind of get back to my normal, normal routine and kind of get back into the swing of things. Bring those hot takes. Well, once again, David, welcome back to the show. And your first segment we're going to talk about a little bit here is the NBA bubble. And you're saying that basically it's not, it's not going to work. And I want to hear this pessimism from you because, as you said, we been pretty much quarantined i mean here in the state of ohio we were pretty much quarantined from march all the way till may and then they really started to open them up and as you guys know i do coach bat high school basketball and in the month of june we were able to do workouts and at first it was pretty much no contact at all so people had to be at their own basket really strict rules things with sanitations going into about late june in the second phase of this it actually got to the point where now we could start scrimmaging each other and actually making a little bit of contact now that contact rule of phase two is gone it's going to go all the way till 
um, I believe, till next week a little bit, and then it might change. I mean, it basically, with this pandemic, everyone's just been living day to day. But, David, why do you think that the NBA bubble is not going to really happen or fail, even though in the state of Ohio they did the TBT for a, basically a two-week turn- basketball tournament of, of former I would say college players that are now pro representing their alumni. One famous one is Bayheim's Army, who did okay in the TBT tournament. It was pretty successful, and they just had their championship a few days ago. Yeah, and I think kind of the NBA probably looked at that TBT tournament down in Columbus as kind of a good model, the way in which the teams were quarantined. You had some teams that didn't really have any practices at all thinking about overseas elite, kind of one of the more dominant teams over the history of the tournament, because they didn't have any practices. And so when they stepped on the floor, that was the first time they played together versus other teams like the Adams Army, like kind of the team from, you know, the House of Pain that knocked off um, the Ohio State alumni, which was hilarious. And well, then wait even a minute, why, were you, why was that hilarious? <laughs> just, just random aside, Illinois basketball is known every year to have one or two random wins against a powerhouse. Like, that's Illinois basketball for at least the last, like, 10, 15 years. Like, the men's basketball team is eh, and it's like one random win against a top five Michigan State team. It's like, what? Like, come on. So it's just kind of that. I just thought that it was kind of like just. Everyone hyping up the Ohio State team. Here comes Illinois. And well, the Ohio boom. State team was the defending champion, even though, you know, we're going off subject a little bit with the TBT. But they were the defending champion team. Yes, they were the number one seed. And, yes, the House of Pain came in there and knocked them off. Now, it wasn't all Illinois graduates. I but, mean, think about Carmen's yeah. crew, which is not – we call it the Ohio State team, but it was actually the Carmen's crew actually had uh, uh, McCainery or McCamey from Illinois, but he's friends with the GM of Carmen's crew, which is um, Evan Turner. So they're both from the Chicago area, actually. So that's how McCain, and plus at the time last year when McCamey came in, I think he's like a 2011 graduate. Um, Illinois didn't have an alumni team, so he was there, but it, it was kind of interesting to see House of Pain uh, win. It, it would be kind of interesting next year maybe to see Deron Williams, possibly. I, I know, I think D. Williams or excuse me, uh, D. Brown uh, is one of the alumni. He uh, GM's, I believe. Uh, he, he used to play at Proviso East in Chicago. Uh, we played with Deron Williams on that uh, 2005 uh, national championship team runner-up that year. Remember them and Luther Head. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see if, if one of those guys would get on the team. But it makes <laughs> it kind of dates me because. Basketball is a young man's game, and you know, still at my late thirties, I still think I'm pretty young. But ooh, boy, when you see them guys, the, the TBT is one thing I've noticed is they try to get a mix of veterans along with some of the young guys. You got to get them get them young legs, and some of those guys that are between the ages of 23 to 27. Man, boy, would I wish to be there again. Yeah, and I mean, even looking at the championship team. Uh, from Marquette. I mean, Travis Diener was the one that hit the eliminating shot. Yeah, he's my Travis, age. <laughs> like, yeah, he played like with D Wade. The... Yeah, he played with D Wade. <laughs> and I mean, and to your point, kind of even thinking about the the alumni team from Dayton, they had dudes that were going to be that should have been in the Final Four this year. Like they were taking like 
like, you just graduated. Like, boom, you want to still play? It's like, all right, sure. So, like, stay fresh, fresh. I mean, Keen, Keen that played for Central Michigan was with sideline cancer, by the way, and he yeah. led the nation in scoring at one point. So it has been kind of, you know, interesting. To, to see it, yeah. but it was still great, good competitive basketball. Uh, Joe Johnson, a former NBA player who had a great summer last summer in the, uh, the Big Three. Obviously, they canceled that because of the pandemic. Uh, came back on the TBT and put up some really good numbers. Got first team um, all uh, TBT, or TBT stands for the basketball tournament. And uh, he played very well. I was very shocked that sideline cancer ended up knocking off overseas elite, which I, I really think, in my opinion, is a little unfair because overseas elite, they're elite pro players. I mean, they're not in the NBA. They're probably a step below, but these guys aren't any slouches. And then, you know, they go in there, and obviously there was, the reason why they picked up Joe Johnson was because a couple of their guys, like DJ Kennedy, wasn't able to attend for certain reasons. I think because of the pandemic, there was a few players that just couldn't come because of the pandemic. Either they were stuck in their other country from where they were playing at, or obviously there's some people that that have fears of this stuff going on. So they were able to go ahead and and pick up Joe Johnson, which which is kind of not fair. But they were still knocked off, and it showed you that anybody could win um, in this tournament when it comes down to a one game, kind of like in the NCAA. Um, but it, it, the, the, tying this back to the NBA, this is what really happened at the TBT. I mean, they pretty much had to take five coronavirus tests before they could actually get into the bubble. Uh, obviously, they, they reduced the teams from 64 to 24 team tournament. Um, uh, sideline cancer, or was it? Was it sideline cancer or was it was another team? Actually, I had to probably look it up. Eberlein or, or something Eberlein had to forfeit because even though they were in the bubble, there were some people that still get got diagnosed with the coronavirus. And if they had it, the team got eliminated. And I believe that was one of the teams that actually ended up having to forfeit a game and another team ended up moving on which is kind of crazy yeah and just kind of thinking about the way that the nba has a setup where we we're hearing about all this testing and we're seeing kind of as time goes on how we're seeing this player gets tested or this this team i mean we have players that are going outside the bubble to get delivery which is a whole other next level but we're starting to see kind of as these tests continue happening and we know that you can be asymptomatic for a while and then develop symptoms later. I'm wondering now that we have some of the quote-unquote bigger stars in the league, namely Russell Westbrook, who was tested positive. How is that going to affect? Because basically the NBA is protecting LeBron James. Like, dude, if you get any, if you have a cough, like this whole thing is just going to go up in smoke. And then consequently thinking about the fact that you're playing, you have this bubble within a state that is rapidly rising mm-hmm. in terms of its coronavirus cases, and knowing that another professional sports league who is also trying to be in a bubble in that same kind of city in Orlando, think about MLS, they've been bubbling, they've been quarantined, they've required two-week mandates before you came down for the MLS's back tournament, and then you still had cases. You, had, you have entire teams like FC Dallas who 
everything was good, and then, boom, nine players test positive. They have to go back home. So I'm just kind of thinking about that in the same sense for the NBA, where you're going to be in this bubble, in this place. Who knows, kind of, as players are continuing to testing positive or even having false positives. Like, when is that going to hit? Well, I, I don't... The, the initial test and the numbers were low. And like I said before, through this whole TBT, after even everyone got in the bubble, only one team was affected. Where And it was only one player. That was the thing. One player tested positive. The other players tested negative. But they had to eliminate the team because obviously the one player got tested positive. The, the, the expense of the test is going to be kind of uh, interesting. Uh, but they're testing every day. And I mean, it, it, it's strict. You got to wear masks everywhere. You got to be uh, with your team. I know at the TBT, now this might be a little bit different, but obviously there was no showers taken at the arena. It was actually at the Columbus Convention Center, and you've been there before, David, I'm, I'm sure, and it was huge. Yeah. But it was basically when you came to play, you actually had to bring your luggage with you because if you lost, you had to immediately leave, and then the other team went back to the, the hotel. Um, obviously they got people are more or less talking about the snitch line than anything but here's the thing once they get inside the bubble um, they're not doing things where if someone tests positive they're going to be bumping the teams out they're just going to quarantine that person and they have to be quarantined it, it, it's I don't know what to believe anymore with this and I, and I think that Showing when we did the quarantine early on, the numbers went down. So I think with the NBA, as long as guys do what they're supposed to do, early on, it might be a few upticks here and there because everybody's initially getting in the bubble. And some people probably, you know, fell through the cracks. But once they're in that bubble or once it gets down to playoff time, I think the numbers, there there won't be no increase of positive tests because they're all in this worldwide thing of sports. And look at MLS. I mean, initially when it first started, a lot of t- so a couple teams obviously from the Texas area had to basically knock themselves out of the MLS restarting bracket. But since they've been in there, you haven't heard much about positive tests. Well, uh, I mean, there's still been positive tests. It's just it's MLS. No one talks about soccer. Well, but, yeah. but David, though, before they were getting in that bubble, like, was there was one team that had like ten guys tested positive, yeah. and, and they couldn't yeah, even be in Dallas. right. And it was like, oh, yeah, you guys aren't getting here in the bubble. So, like I said, once these teams get isolated, I don't see any type of increase in t- in positives. Now, early on you'll probably still see guys having positives. I mean, not to mention th- there's also the political aspects with this as well. Like, you know, I feel bad for the Brooklyn Nets team because they're going back in there trying to compete for a playoff spot. And they, they almost have like almost half their team is not even there. And then they, they picked up a guy and then he ended up getting the virus and he can't come back. So it, it, it's been pretty crazy how this is working out. Yeah, and I'm just kind of, kind of, as we get closer and closer to kind of this tip-off, knowing kind of, and I and I know that kind of the NBA is looking at it like, hey, basketball can be played. We just saw it. And so I know that kind of the higher-ups are kind of trying to make sure and ensure that there is kind of competitive basketball 
and that competitiveness is still there, knowing kind of that the last time that the NBA really was on the court and kind of how just kind of how quickly everything kind of shut down once it was or once Rudy Gobert was tested positive, kind of that quick rush and kind of thinking now we're kind of in an enclosed space, monitoring, doing the extra monitoring, knowing that there are doctors that they can fly in left, right, and center just to kind of kind of keep tabs on these players. But yeah, it's just kind of that how much can you rely on these professionals to kind of maintain kind of the I guess profession professional nature and not kind of doing not contract the virus, knowing like knowing what we know about the virus and kind of how it gets contracted, how someone develops symptoms or asymptomatic, knowing that there's gonna be positive tests. And knowing that there's gonna be one or two kind of who are in the bubble who are like, eh. And then, like, so what's going to happen? And that's kind of what I'm thinking, kind of that inevitability that something's going to happen where there is this feeling of invincibility and then you get hit and then say if it's kind of not even a Russell Westbrook, say if it's someone more I don't want to say more important to the team because Russell Westbrook is important to Houston. But, like, say if it's, like, one of, like, the main guy, then it's like, so, boom, there goes your chances. There goes this specific team's hopes of winning this playoff bubble tournament kind of thing. So, yeah. I think you're kind of being a a little pessimistic here. (laughs) And, by the way, I I, I did look it up to see – which team it was that ended up losing, and it was actually uh, Eberlein Drive, who ended up losing to brother, brotherly brother love, love by forfeit, and then they ended up playing the Golden Eagles, who ended up beating them. And as you know, the Marquette team, the Golden Eagles, basically their alumni team won the TBT altogether. Um, there's going to first off, it's only going to be a couple of weeks and then teams are going to start getting eliminated. So now as you start to eliminate teams, the pools start to get smaller. Um, that's where I see that I don't see the bubble is going to fail. Early on, it could be a few positive tests. But if they're positive tests for teams that are going to probably be eventually eliminated from the pool anyway or just eliminated from the playoff race, that's not much of a concern. I think also with teams – they have championship aspirations. You're not going to really worry about them too much. They know what the the deal is. They want to finish out the season. They want to actually be crowned. And and with this layoff, it opens up a lot for teams to possibly get the championship ring. So you know that's that's something that you just have to kind of think about there. So I personally think it's going to be a success. It's not going to be perfect. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but I still think it's going to be successful. Um, really, I think a lot of them are going to be successful. Baseball, different situation because they're kind of arguing about money as well. They're, they're, it's more than just the coronavirus. They're are you know they're worried about. But the, the fact of the matter is, I believe this is just my belief that it it's gonna it's gonna stuff's gonna this is gonna work out to me. I just I just think it will. I think. It, once they get kind of, you know, into their rhythm and everything like that, especially when it starts to get to playoff time, people are going to get obviously 
uh, um, serious about it. And, you know, let's 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 be honest. People that are on LeBron's team already know that LeBron's trying to go for that chip. And they already know that uh, you you're going to be on point here. Yeah, like usually I share kind of in that office and I'm just kind of knowing with how this pandemic has just kind of thrown everything for a loop, especially kind of how long it's taken so many of our professional sports to be able to get to a place where we can get back to restarting. So MLS, Major League Baseball is doing inter-squad scrimmages, NHL is doing or kind of resuming training camps where kind of pop skip and jump away from whatever NFL training camps will look like. It's just kind of that knowing that the NBA is that first of the big, like big major sports in terms of kind of what people think about when they think of professional sports. Like there's going to be extra set of eyes. There's going to be even more kind of focus on what the NBA is going to do to make sure that there's an effective reopening, knowing that, depending on how this works, that would affect, or that will affect to a certain extent kind of how the other kind of big four move forward. Well, yeah, I mean, think about it. This whole the sports shut down because of Rudy Gobert testing positive back in March, and then that's when everybody pretty much shut, all right, it's this is over, enough of this. And it's because through the NBA. So, yeah, a lot of the leagues are going to be watching the NBA to see how they actually do, but then at the same time, and, and, and I think the major, the four major sports, I look at them, because think about it, UFC has been going on for months, uh, pro boxing, you know, they've had pro boxing stuff on for a few months now, but those have been pretty much individual sports. Now, you're bringing in teams, you're bringing in scorekeepers, you're bringing in coaches, it's just more people coming in, so yeah, people are going to be watching the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I just, like I sh- I share that hope that hopefully, like, everything goes well, kind of, we get through these preliminary phases, these last seven or eight games of the regular season, and then get jump into the playoff, however that will look, yeah. It's just kind of thinking about if one, like, if one gets it, how is that going to affect the opponents? If someone gets tested, like, two days, like, the day before a game, how is that going to affect team chances? Because there's going to be a lot of teams and just keep bringing up Houston because Russell Westbrook has tested positive. Like, but yeah, like but he, that was before he got to the bubble, though, David. I I can't really count that if he if he's not in the bubble yet. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Initially, there's going to be a lot, but once they're in the bubble, I, I'm pretty sure a majority of them are going to be professional about it. Now, there's going to be some young people in there that are going to be hitting up that snitch line, maybe trying to hate or whatnot, but. They're going to try to make sure that they get that all off and running. Yeah. And I think the snitch line, in theory, works good, but like from professional, like someone finds out like you using the snitch line, that's, that's your credibility out the window, but that's a whole different. Yeah, that's a whole different different uh, conversation. But we're going to have to wrap this segment up. So, David, you, you still think after even though we've been talking that uh, it's going to fail, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think there's going to be some situation that happens inside the bubble when games start up that's going to, like a lot of people are going to wonder, is this, does this mean that the NBA is going to quote-unquote shut down and just kind of call this an open season? Like no champion award no, of the season I, or do like... 
regular no, season champion or something. I I, I want to I, I want to have to disagree with you, Dave. And it's going to be pretty interesting to see, especially once we look at this, listen to this podcast um, months later down the road. Uh, if who who was right and who was wrong, or it could be a push where something surprisingly happens and that neither of us would have foreseen in the future. But I think they're going to have the championship. There's going to be a champion crown. Um, I think it's going to be. Is it? I think it's going to be a success. As I mentioned earlier, do I think it's going to be perfect? No, because it's something that we've never seen before. So there's going to be some details that's going to have to be kind of ironed out here. There will be some guys that will probably early on test positive for the coronavirus. That could be a possibility. But I think once they get to the meat and potatoes of the playoffs, teams lock in. And you're pretty much isolated anyway during the playoffs for a lot of people anyway. Because once you're in the playoffs, you know you have a shot to win a championship in the series. Especially after the first round. The first round still is eh. But after the first round, I bet there won't be any positive test at all it'll just be going smooth and and by the time october hits we'll be in the championship um uh, nba finals which will be weird because you get so used to hearing that finals music in june but um yeah i I think it's gonna it's gonna work out david that's just my personal opinion not perfect but it'll be a success yeah slowly but surely we'll we'll definitely see and I know a lot of people are going to be happy that the NBA is just back in general. True. Yeah, that, 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 is, that, is, that is totally true. But as I mentioned before, uh, we'll, we'll see, though, David. It, it'll be interesting. And um, by that point, we'll learn even more about uh, this virus. I mean, think about it. They're having AAU tournaments, which I think is kind of a little scary. But they, if the kids are going back and, and they're having AAU tournaments and seeing stuff going on, that that to me tells me that there, this is going to be something that's going to be good that, that comes out of this, hopefully. Anyway, you've been listening to 88.3 WGTs. After further review, when we return, David, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the Washington R-Word and their team. Well, now that the, for one good thing is that that name, the Washington NFL football team is going to be getting rid of the R-Word, sort of, their original R-Word. We'll talk about that. Dan Snyder and a little bit more hot water too as well with that uh, organization but you can always listen to us on the podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes got a picture of Frank Master and the horse's head listen to 88.3 WCTs after further review when we return we'll have more with myself and David the Man God Harris Jacob Lethal Beats (laughs) 